Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of this series within the digital adoption show that we call DAP Upskill, the podcast where we unravel the mysteries of digital transformation across various departments within any organization. I'm your host, Arya, and in today's episode, we're diving deep into the world of digital adoption platforms, or DAPs, with an industry expert who has an abundance of insights to share. Our guest today is Nicholas a seasoned solution consultant at WhatFix. In this episode, we aim to unravel the complexities of digital adoption and how DAPs are transforming the way organizations navigate in the digital landscape. Digital adoption has become an integral part of business success and we all know it, but those at the forefront, like Nicholas, play a pivotal role in helping companies harness the power of technology. We'll start by getting to know Nicholas a little and the journey that led him into this dynamic field of digital adoption, discover what fuels his passion for his work and the challenges that he encounters as a solution consultant, striving to bridge the gap between technology and its end users. Nicholas will also share invaluable insights into the key players in the digital adoption realm, the departments and roles that are driving DAP adoption, and the strategies for effective engagement with customers. We'll delve into how WhatFix and its pre-sales team are adapting to this evolving landscape and learn about Nicholas's vision for success in this digital age. So whether you're a solution consultant, a business leader, or simply someone curious about the world of digital adoption, this episode of the Digital Adoption Show is packed with insights you would not want to miss. Stay tuned for an illuminating conversation with Nicholas, the expert in DAP, and let's explore the power of digital adoption together. Welcome to the Digital Adoption Show. Welcome, Nicholas. We're so glad to have you here on the Digital Adoption Show. I hope you're having a great day. So let's dive right into the episode. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into this field, what you do here at WhatFix, a little bit around that? Yeah, sure. First, thanks so much for, for having me here. I'm really <laughs> excited. And yeah, so I'm Nicolas. I'm based here out of uh, London and I look after our EMEA pre-sales team. So basically what we do is we, we engage with customers like in the stages when they consider to buy our product and go in to figure out, okay, what is it really that's, that's troubling them or do they have specific opportunities, potential that's not yet realized? And then we build out like kind of like a solution with a product that we have to figure out, okay, how can we realize as much value for those customers as possible? And then hopefully have them join us as customers that we can start afterwards working with them. Um, okay. And yeah, I got into, into the space like many years ago, a little bit by chance. So I, my background is nautical engineering, but at the time it was quite a yeah, circumstance that yeah. I was holding a presentation and in the, in the audience was somebody who was leading the EMEA presets team at Salesforce and like super charismatic, amazing guy. And we're still in contact. And he afterwards like chatted me up, said like, Hey, how long are you still studying? When are you done? Is that something that, that could be interesting for you? And yeah, he, he really became a super close mentor for me, like, especially in the first couple of years at Salesforce still a friend of mine and yeah kind of started the way into into yeah. this it space and until today yeah you never know what's gonna happen later in life right just life happens 
Okay, so now that you are in this field, can you tell us what do you love about it and what are some of the challenges you you face in your day-to-day life? Sure. So one of the things I I guess that I'm most personally excited about is a bit like the situation right now where we are at WhatFix. And essentially what our team is responsible for as well is developing uh, vertical strategies. So if you think about maybe the digital adoption space, a couple of years back, it was yeah. very heavily um, focused on L&D, maybe also like on IT to certain certain degrees. So how do you structure yeah. training? And it can, comes from this background. How do you actually use an application? Where do you click? How do you get through a certain process? Where do you have problems? And we see that shifting at the moment. So that while we still have that value proposition for, for training teams, it's not yeah. anymore exclusively for them. So we actually see more engagement now with business uh, teams across, to be honest, all kinds of departments, whether it's like sales, HR, source to pay, ERPs. And what, what we then do is to kind of figure out, like, how do we enter now those different types of markets? And yeah. this is then not anymore just the pre-sales thought, but it actually goes much, much, much broader, where we check first, who are the people that we can sell to? Who are the people we engage to when we go into those type of verticals? There's a product development aspect. How can we build new products for those verticals? Um, It's around the value realization of this. Once you sold those products, how do you actually realize the value? And that's different if you sell into one vertical versus beforehand more broadly into into training. So it's really redesigning the go-to-market strategy, the product development the post-sales aspects of it. And it gives you like a, like a very, very broad scope of, of what we're working on. That does sound amazing. It feels like you have a lot of power with you. There's creativity involved, there's technology involved. And at the end of the day, you're making someone's life easier, which is rewarding. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just making one comment to what you said, this empowering. I think this is like something in general that I see a lot at WhatFix. And it's not only exclusive like to our team where many people have been given a bit of a white space to just basically go out, build something, try it, experiment with it. If it's successful, it's a different question. We'll figure these things out as we as yeah. we grow. But many people actually have been given like autonomy to to experiment, build and just be responsible for something, which is great. That's amazing. That's that truly is amazing. Okay, now keeping the nicer parts of it aside, what are some of the challenges you face as a solution consultant? Yeah, I guess like for our division, like specifically, if, if we are now like thinking about these verticalizations and talking now to new different types of stakeholders, it takes time to build this. And this is something that can't really be done overnight. And what yeah. we see is, as we kind of like progress into it, there's always like with the organization, a certain delay, some legacy with that. And it sometimes can create like also difficulties if you have a new value proposition, a new way of bringing yeah. something to market, while still the kind of the mainstream organization is focused on maybe more historic ways of thinking about the product, thinking about going to market. And then slowly picking, you know, the right people to collaborate with that are willing to enter those new conversations. But then also from the customer side, find this acceptance that DAP now is something, something more than the historic view of it. 
can be a challenge that can take a long breath to kind of go through. It's yeah. exciting as well, but that's what we're at the moment seeing as a challenge, but it's normal. These things take time and these things evolve over time and yeah, we'll see where we end up. Okay. All right. So you just explained to us what you do and that tells me that you engage a lot with customers. Okay, so who do you engage with the most? Is there a specific department within a company or a specific role that considers DAP for the company? Yeah, so we do see like certain departments kind of more present than others and like certain fields yeah. more present than others. Um, and that's also really important for us because as we go into those verticals, it's very important you know, we're still like a small company, um, like 900 to 1,000 people. Um, so to, to put our efforts very focused on the right domains. So yeah. I think for us, like key ones, um, are the sales space, the service space, and the HR space, ERP source to pay is a large one. We see like a lot in those areas, but not exclusively. So I think also one thing that makes it really exciting at WhatFix is that Theoretically, the tech can work on, on any application, you know, like whether you talk yeah. about R&D, sometimes we talk with innovation centers, we had like virtual reality cases to pretty much any department, whether it's finance, legal, said service, as I mentioned, marketing, it can be very, very broad. But yeah, of course, we have like certain kind of more focus areas that I mentioned. All right. All right. So we are discussing DAP, right? We are discussing DAP and it's a newer concept for a lot of people. Watchfix within the company, how do you think is Watchfix and more specifically the pre-sales team adapting to this change? Because, you know, it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming for anyone who's a first-time user. So what are some of the initiatives you've taken for your team or how is your yeah. team dealing with it? No, no, that's a, that's a really good question. And I mean, I'm now two years at WhatFix. And one thing that I already noticed, it's like from the time when I joined two years ago to now, it's already two different times. And category uh, has got so much uplift, so much development. And also like a big shout out to our analyst relationships team that is engaging with Gartner, Forrester, Everest, and, and many more where just there's like a broader acceptance of that as a category. And that puts it then on the agenda of many C-level personas, whether it's like a CIO, L&D, of course, was always, we're now mm -hmm. entering certain verticals as well, but we're not there yet. I think on the agenda, more on these kind of historic departments, but it, it's it's grown just like the acceptance, the awareness massively. So that plays into the cards for us. And that makes it also easier to justify the value that's one side but then also these vertical movements help us a lot because ultimately anybody who buys technology that is maybe not as like justified like a like a crm for example is yeah need yeah, to yeah. have some, yeah need to have some proof you know that this works and by verticalizing we're specializing we have more customer references use cases we know how to prove that value as well and that helps us to get that trust, essentially, customers. Yeah. All right. All right. It does take some effort because this is something which a lot of people are not yet used to or not yet introduced to for that matter. And you are doing that. So amazing. You also deal with a lot of customers at your end. So after deploying 
what fits for them or maybe after introducing them to this concept and having them see a very successful adoption in their specific companies what is the vision do you have for these customers who are who have been able to do this successfully yeah so yeah usually as you said it, yeah. it starts with like some area maybe like some use case where there's like some burning issue that we just have to have to solve and kind of get yeah. our foot into the door and then they get more familiar to the category to the technology what it can do and then usually what we try to do is then to educate customers on what can be done in, in different types of areas of the business. So we might be, for example, talking to a sales organization and starting with usually a CRM might be one application, large application, many users where they see initial yeah. value. Then slowly, what we always say, like at the end, we're not as end users using applications. We're going through processes. There are certain things we want to do. And that doesn't end, you know, at the border of an app. So mostly mm -hmm. like we all have lots of different applications at the end of the day. So as, as they kind of get their foot in with one app or one bigger app, often we then like go into like larger process views, departmental views. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then starting to, to build solutions out of this. And then the most mature customers, they would then say, okay, that worked really well for our sales organization. Yeah. We've, increased revenue by X. We have increased our forecasting accuracy by, by X amount. But now let's think about something completely different. Let's think about our HR division. Let's think about yeah. how do we do recruiting today? You know, And then maybe the, the sales team will introduce us to HR and we'd start talking to recruitment initially and say, okay, how do you hire today? How long does it take you to hire somebody? How happy are you with the quality of candidates? How many people are staying within the company after the provision period? What's your attrition that you have today at a later stage? Then you go into later life yeah. cycles of an conversation. So um, it, it basically then goes into the next field. And again, as then organizations mature, and is where we have like also now like a few customers, is then when we start talking about like a, like a COE concept. So we would say on the one side, we have this yeah. expertise in those business units, which we need to figure out what can we do across those processes in, in those departments. But then we also need digital adoption expertise. How do you use the yeah. product? How is ethics being run and implemented? And this is usually done with, the, with these COEs. So they might know the product really well, but then they collaborate with business owners, process owners across those departments and then basically start creating like an enterprise vision for those companies. All right. All right. I just out of curiosity, I do want to ask you one more question. You just said you take a vertical approach and you approach a customer. They have one particular use case that they want you to solve and you start working on that. And then if the company is very comfortable with the entire environment that you all create, they try expanding it to different departments, right? So what yeah. different kind of requirements do you see within different departments? I'm sure not all departments have the same requirements when they come to you. There can be different requirements. And how do you approach that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So there goes like a lot of research um, actually into this. So to give you an example with sales, usually what we would start with is to look into, okay, how has the market really changed? What is change in, in environment? So for example, like 2023, 
We saw an increase in uh, interest rates. We still had supply chain issues. Um, health COVID still has an impact. So we're looking at how is that changing? And with that change, certain challenges are happening. And in a sales organization, again, as an example, on average, of course, we see like lower deal values. Customers are more cautious. They rather want to buy from a company that they already know. Deal cycles, cycles are getting longer. So we're, we're researching those type of problems. And once we have them, then we come up with strategies for this. So for example, for sales organization this year, I think everyone looked at how can you increase efficiency? So out of yeah. your existing yeah, sales force, maybe you even had some layoffs, your sales force was smaller, your cost went down. How do you keep your revenue or even increase your revenue and still have growth? So that's been like one theme, for example, that we want to support organizations. Oh. And of course, to make that clear, not with the layoffs, but <laughs> with the fact, how can you increase your efficiency that maybe you can avoid yeah. layoffs? And then there are different tactics you can deploy with that. But oh. yeah, what makes the preset stuff so interesting is that with that change, again, like everything that I just mentioned, right, is for, for business unit and less, for example, for or not less, but if you think about an L&D or like a training organization, they support with the rollout of that. But those type of conversations need to happen also with a sales organization, with a, let's say, a VP of sales, sales director, CRO also. And that change to get in front of the business is something yeah. that I think in general, the DAP category, digital adoption space is going into. And that means redesigning your go-to-market strategy, redesigning the product that you're, that you're selling, verticalizing your yeah. offering. It means like thinking about new ways to now realize that value because the way you leverage the product is different, how you, you used to leverage it in the past. Yeah. And many different aspects, essentially almost like building a startup in the startup. Um, exactly, exactly. That is, what, yeah. that is what made me ask you this question. It's just so interesting to know about it. Yeah. So, okay. I promise this is the last question that I have for you. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you would give to anyone who's thinking of taking the leap into this space, into their company adopting to digital adoption platforms? What would be your one piece of advice, like how to go about it? I would say it's it's an incredibly interesting time to join. Yeah. It's a space where, let's say, if you like your way of working and you have one way of working and you've mastered that, it might be hard to all the time just leverage this one way. So you have to kind of be okay to think about changing with this space. And I think this right now where we are, like in lots of categories, you have certain times where like a lot of change is happening in specific moments. And I think that's what DAP is right now going through. So anybody that's interested to join, like I can only... I can't encourage them more. There are like so many fields, so many paths that nobody has taken before that you know, leads to new ways, new goals, uh, new targets. Um, so just be open-minded, jump into it. It's it's a very rewarding thing, apart from just being, of course, a, a part of that movement. It's it's just like an, a massive learning, a, a massive experience to go through this yeah. so yeah i can't encourage people more than than, than take take that step <laughs> like okay. a, a exciting exciting time all right all right thank you so much that brings us to the end of this podcast 
I had a great time. You had an, you had a, so many insightful things to tell us, and I'm sure our listeners will love it too. And just thank you so much for taking out the time and being a part of the show. No, thank you so much for taking the time and for for having me here. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned as we bring you fresh perspectives every week on the Digital Adoption Show. We are thrilled to announce that our podcast is now live on multiple platforms, including YouTube, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and much more. We greatly appreciate your support and encourage you to leave a review, comment, or a rating to continue delivering valuable content. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes filled with insightful conversations. If you have any questions on the topic, feel free to ask in the comment section below. Thank you.